Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Welcome to another episode of Inside the Firm. I am your host, Alex Gore. I'm here with our uh, tag team host, Lance Luxury Division Psycho. And we're here to tell you about how to refocus your team and close back the feedback loop, some other awesome things about the economy, um, and going from there. But before that, I want to talk to you about Revit Rocket Ship, which is your rocket ship to productivity in Revit. Go check it out at RevitRocketShip.com, where yours truly trains you into how to use a template that mimics construction so that you have more control and responsibility of how it gets built, knowing how it gets built, and then thus you can have more reward because you are more responsible for what's going on. RevitRocketShip.com. Al, if you can't find the product your data you're looking for, you might be using the, using the wrong search engine. That wouldn't surprise me. I'm using Bing. Didn't you invite? I'm the, using Bing. Didn't you invent the internet? I did. Okay. Well, you might still be using the wrong search engine, so I want you to head over to ArcCat.com. Check out the broad search results in consumer products, out-of-date information. Oh, sorry. Broad search searches result in consumer products, out-of-date information, and websites that hide or don't have the information you're looking for. So if you need specifications, CAD, BIM, ArcCat.com is your search engine. Find and download the up-to-date data you need fast. ArcCat.com is free and requires no registration, so try ArcCat today. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com. So you don't find bad consumer products, out-of-date information, our websites that hide or don't have the information you're looking for, because that's why you need to go to ArcCat.com. That's A-R-C-I-T dot com. The other thing I want you to check out, Al, I will. is uh, I want you to go over to PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm. I want everybody to do that. If you click on that link, you help support us by supporting Pella Luxury. So go check them out. Experience a collection of brands at <clears throat> Sorry, experience a collection of brands that brings your creative vision to life. The luxury division of Pella is a world-class collection of brands, including Duratherm, Riley, and Benelli, all pioneers of industry who provide window and door solutions to discerning architects, the building industry, and beyond. During this new year, we know how important it is to step back and spend time in gratitude. We appreciate all our clients trusting us with their projects in a record-breaking year. We are excited to take on the new year in 2023. The luxury division of Pella doesn't push beyond the limits. They set them. Explore PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm today. Back to you, Gore. We have finished uh, the chapter on Synergize and the seven habits of highly effective people. We're moving on to sharpen the saw. I wanted to give you one takeaway. One thing that I think people uh, hate about groups or collaborations is they get burnt because it always becomes sort of, sort of compromise. Mm -hmm. So Lance has a great idea. I have a great idea. And everyone thinks the end result is a compromise, which means you neither get your way and I don't get your way and I don't get my way. This chapter was kind of about combining everything in the past, the think, win, win, the begin with the end in mind, mm -hmm. put first things first, seek first, understand. And one of the concepts that it had that I really liked was uh, what Buddhism calls the middle way, which mm. most people think about as just 
compromise. Mm-hmm. But it, but as you know, translations, a lot of things get lost and it could really be called the higher way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you're going for when you're synergizing with a group or working with a group is to not all of a sudden get the most mediocre solution from everyone, mm-hmm. but to synergize to get mm-hmm. the win-win and get the, the better, the higher solution for, through everyone collaborating. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the thing I wanted to really focus on today is one of the focuses of this show was how to refocus your team and close the feedback loop. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> we're gonna, it's in, a title, title of this podcast is Inside the Firm. We're going to give you an inside look at one of the things that we did, um, we, we've been doing. So basically with a satellite office and people growing into senior positions here, being here for six or seven years, being licensed architects, and us trying to to continue to bake the cake because you have layers in your in your cake of your company, right? You've got somebody like me and Al doing doing business development. You've got people managing uh, people uh, below us, and then there ma- then there's people you know metaphorically below them that are executing most of the work and making it happen. One of the things that like that is very necessary for to make that cake work is like it it the feedback loop has to be has to be closed. So you know if the if Al and I are bringing the work in, and it's cascading through the rest of the firm through management and then the people producing it, we need you need to somehow get to a feedback loop where then once it's disseminated all the way down to the person who's doing the doing the actual drafting or whatever task it is. How do you get that feedback loop all the way back to the top, so that we know? So then we know. Okay, do we need to go find more work? Is there too much work? What are we telling prospective clients when we meet them, as far as how far out we can go, uh, or, or when we could start their project, and that sort of thing? And because what the ha- what happens is, is that you play this sort of game of telephone, and it doesn't matter how big or small your company is. If I if I if I assign something to you, Al, mm-hmm. and then you are going to have to assign part of that to somebody else, your original message is going to get convoluted a little bit or tweaked, filtered. Yep, filtered, filtered. Yep, exactly. And, and along the way, um, so <clears throat> we have a project tracker. Basically, it's this Google spreadsheet that everybody has access to. Everybody in the firm then has their projects listed out: what they think is high, medium, or low priority. Um, and, and then we added another tab recently that's called hopper. So we have like, what's in the hopper that is not assigned to anybody else. Maybe we are at the, you know, in the middle of contract negotiations at the end, or we actually have the contract in hand and we just are waiting to, for people to free up in order to make that happen. So what the problem that we experienced was, was that we weren't, we were getting sort of mixed signals from the people that were actually actually executing the work and what they and their expectations weren't aligning with our expectations if your upper management or sorry if your principal owner like me or al our expectations are um for example in this what the example i'll give you is like we we have end of month goals to bill things out to get things to a billable point so with the end goal in mind then how do we get there? How do we make sure we get to that route to make sure the people who are executing the work that would then be billable understand targets they need to meet for that? Yep. And what this is, is our, our meeting kind of expanded. 
and it Perfect. to go into like to relate it to this book it's all about seek first to understand because here's the difference with just tracking via um, software or metrics is that lance works for me in the scenario he has a project mm -hmm. but like you know it might be no no the, you know i might say oh that project is a huge project you have plenty of stuff to do just assuming well, just assuming because, because it's, of, a, it's, it's a huge project yeah. Until we have that meeting Monday with, with all the layers and all that and, and, and understanding, oh, all I have to do is get this back to the city and then I actually need to pause. So it's only, I only have two hours worth of work to get this back to the city. So this big project that has a lot of work in my head, in Lance's head, it's on, it's on the tracker. We can both see it in there, mm -hmm. but it's going down and, and, and the nuance is like, nope, that's only two hours and then it, and it won't come back for three weeks because that's how the city works, right? So essentially, the layers of this cake is that um, the, the meeting is, is more structured and more organized, and you can go into more detail if you want, but essentially Lance and I talk to quote-unquote upper management and get them full and understand their two weeks. Then upper management right now with us is talking to the newer employees and making sure they're full for two weeks and everyone understands. And, and in the future, after we get this locked down, then essentially Lance and I will be talking to upper management, upper management will be talking to uh, their staff, um, and, and we will literally just be listening to, wait, I heard something that seemed off. Either I misinterpreted it or let's close this feedback loop right now. Yeah, and what we and when, once we had the second meeting where everybody was involved, and they're back-to-back -back on Mondays for us now, then what we heard from upper management-level uh, staff was, Oh, I didn't realize, for example, like that, that perspective, they didn't know a nuance about a client and that influenced then what we did from there. And it had to do with billing and, and payments and all that kind of stuff. I won't get into the details of it. So yeah. <clears throat> that, that has been one of our big improvements. And then the last one that we, that we did just before we started recording today was then we had a, we had another meeting today, uh, with upper management staff and we showed them. A, we showed them the hopper and we just talked about like what is number one in the hopper now why is it number one it's because they're literally going to sign today we have a kickoff meeting monday and then we just point blank asked everybody's like who 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 wants this project and who can take it on and who can take it on um <clears throat> because we like to try to and everybody the staff to our staff anyway likes variety who doesn't like variety uh, some people i guess but but the person who's stepped up they didn't have this typology in their plate right now. So it that's why they stepped up. They had the time to. Yep. And then everybody had a choice. So they weren't forced into a you know, square peg, round hole, that sort of analogy. The other thing that was interesting too was if it was just Lance and I talking and assigning, I would have argued to assign it to someone who it's not going to now. Yeah, that was his initial assumption. Yeah. So back to the assumption, just based on that spreadsheet, vastly different. Yeah, so, that's one improvement we're making. Um, so maybe you guys can use that if you're if you're starting to get to this layered cake, you know, where you've got again, the middle of the cake is management, upper level of uh, outside crust of what a cake, whatever you want to call it, is uh, people procuring the work, and then there's people that actually make the work happen. Yep. You want the good news or the bad news? Uh, give me the bad news. I love the bad news first. Okay. My favorite. Billings in January are down. Ah. But billion in January are up. What? Do you see that? So it's, 
Uh, yep, I saw the plus. I was wondering where the negative was. I don't understand it. Is so it year over year or something? No, let me explain it to you. Um, it'll make sense extremely quickly. Uh, the first architectural building index of 2023 clocked in at 49.3, increasing slightly from December score of 48.4. Oh, okay. So it's increasing from December's score of 48, mm-hmm. but it's at 49. Now let's look into this, right? I'm going to read all this. The American Institute of Architects monthly billing index came at 49.3 in January and 9 point rise from December's 48.4. The ABI is the leading economic indicator of construction activity in the U.S. and reflects a 9 to 12 months lead between the architecture billings and construction spending nationally, regionally, and by project type. Here's why I say it's also down. A score of 50 represents an increase in billing from the previous month while a score below 50 represents a contraction. So they there's an increase in the less amount of billing from last month. So if last month you build out 50K, right? Two months ago, you build out 50K. Mm-hmm. In December, oh, you build out 49.3K. So you're still like, you're down. So this, sorry, 48. In the micro, you're up. In the macro, you're down. No. No. No, 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 no. It's, hey, are you billing more or less from last month? In January, we're still billing less than the month before, but it's a double negative. We're building uh, less of a less. Mm. Does that make sense now? It does now, yeah. Yeah, less of a less. Anyways, one more quote just to give hope. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, While the downturn in design activity extended for four months in January... There are signs of easing, said AIA chief economist Kermit. Awesome name. Awesome name, Kermit Baker. Just because of your name, if anyone I knows him, uh, reach out. Yeah. would love to have you on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, especially if you're a chief economist. We should, if anyone knows Kermit Baker, email me at that AKG. would be a good one, yeah. At like F9productions.com. Send him this clip. Uh, hopefully he <laughs> likes it. Yeah. In a press release from the organization, in particular... This is quotes from Kermit. Architecture firms report that new project work has begun to mm-hmm. increase, signifying that this yeah. decline in billings may reverse in the uh, coming months. I would agree with that sentiment in that statement. Did you know, <clears throat> Al, that uh, we are currently building in the United States? This blew- I did not know this. We are building uh, the most multifamily units since 1970. Really? Yeah. That's, that's awesome. So it's actually going to push rents down by a whopping, they're estimating like 2% in the next year, and then they're going to go back up again. Um, my, my, I, I was trying, I was telling this to my wife, and my wife made, then she made fun of me. She's like, oh, how are you going to handle 2%? I'm like, that's not the point. Like, well, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yes, that's a real number, Marilyn, but like, why are you poo-pooing it? You know, she's such <laughs> a real estate bull. It's hard. That's part of the problem. I, I literally don't even... Maybe I missed it because I was trying to save this. I literally don't understand. Was this a sarcastic or was this... Oh, she was being sarcastic. Yeah. Okay, okay, gotcha. She was like, oh, how are you going to... I'm like, yeah. that's not the point, Marilyn. That's yeah. not the point at all. Um, Man, I, I want... Let's will this. I want single-family housing to increase because, like, competition. Let's lower prices. Yeah. Let's, let's get the economy moving. All good. All good. Well, and it's such a big part of the economy, too. 
houses is one of the buildings are one of the last things we actually make in America. Besides Elon Musk killing it with Tesla. Dude, if you have, I know it's over two hours long. It might even be three hours long. He went into uh, oh, Investor's out. Day. Yeah. And it went into like every different seg, like 10 segments of the company and what they're doing. Um, fascinating. I will from, watch it. Yeah. You have my word. Yeah. Uh, okay. So on the. On the cus- on the heels of the housing affordability that we just talked about, Pyramid Illustrates, or NAHB.org, Pyramid Illustrates Housing Affordability Crisis. You can see it up on the screen here if you're watching on YouTube. NAHB has updated its housing affordability pyramid for 2023, and the latest data show that 64.8 million households out of a total of 132.5 million are unable to afford a $250,000 home. This pyramid is based on conventional underwriting standards that assume the cost of the mortgage, property taxes. Insurance should not exceed 28% of household income. I have uh, a question for you if I can be interrupting now. Yeah, go ahead. So you know how everyone likes to point back, Lance, to Sears, the Sears catalog? Yeah. And how, like, hey, you can buy a whole house for nine grand. You just got to put it together, right? Obviously, there was land costs and, and the labor costs, but everyone's like, that's great. I, I That popped up recently. And the house plan wasn't that great, but... Do you think, here's one of the problems. It had one bathroom on the main floor plan. And that bathroom was the typical bathroom, hallway bathroom that everyone sees. So there was no master bathroom or anything like that. The closets were literally three to four foot wide. And that was it. It was three bedroom, you know, like kitchen and dining were broke up. Like, I I, I don't have the money to do this, but I wonder, it's like, if, okay, if we create that and if it's under 250, will you buy it? Will you buy a one bathroom house with like barely a kitchen and with a closet. Everyone's closet isn't the six foot. It's like three and a half foot. Yeah. It's a good question. I don't know. So uh, overall, basically, as you can see, so, you know, what they're saying is this, this helps put affordability concerns into perspective and goes a long way toward explaining why housing affordability now stands at more than a 10 year low. The interest rates are the biggest thing. Um, so they're just pricing people out. And they say that at the end with the last paragraph. Prospective homebuyers are also adversely affected when interest rates rise. Obviously, NAHB's priced out estimates show that 1.2 million households are priced out of the market for a new medium priced home at 425000 mm. When interest rates rise a quarter point from 6.25 to 6.5, an increase from 6.5 to 6.75. The so Fed at some point here has to make a decision, especially if we enter a deflationary environment. Um, you can't keep pushing up interest rates when prices are deflating. It's the opposite of their Keynesian economic economics and how it's supposed to work. So the reason I really brought that up is because um, I wanted to give everybody uh, a Monday morning, a shot of Monday morning coffee. Woo. And it's, I just interviewed this fella. He is, his name is Mike Kading and he is the CEO of Norhart. They design, build, and rent apartments. They are transforming the way this is done by incorporating technologies and techniques that have revolutionized other industries. So he's a developer out of uh, uh, Minnesota. Fascinating interview. I believe his will publish. So watch for it on the Monday morning uh, shows, uh, maybe six weeks from now or something like that. This guy is in the trenches, on the ground, doing the work. He's got 200 employees He's grown. You, I think you'll really enjoy his story. He's a free market advocate. He he is the guy. He is one of the, the very few in the whole United States that is figuring out how to drive down the cost of rent by increasing the supply. So we're gonna hear from him um, 
basically what I ask him here is like, what is his overall goal with his company? What is the long-term impact that you would like your company to have on the world? Mm. Long-term, we're trying to drive down the cost of housing. And if we can do that in a meaningful way and scale up nationwide, our hope is to produce so many units to the market that supply and demand factors hit and the price of housing comes down for everyone. I mean, we're already at 20 to 30% less in cost. We think we can achieve a 50% reduction in cost. Amazing. Think about what that means. It means someday your rent could be half or your mortgage payment could be half. So ultimately my dream is to solve America's housing affordability crisis within my lifetime. Well, I wish you nothing but luck for that. Um, obviously, I'm always rooting for the private sector over the public sector in that regard, because I think we solve problems better. There's less bureaucracy. Um, we're more creative. We have different incentives. That, that's at the core of it, for sure. What would you say to somebody that would counter that and say, like, well, why don't we just do it like San Jose did? And we institute these affordable housing uh, policies. You know, we mandate them, the developers, we're going to tax the developers. And that's the way to do it. It's not through providing more units like you like you're suggesting which i'm in agreement with you mike obviously yeah what's your what's your counter argument to somebody who says oh no no look look san jose or any other even the city i operate in now there's this tax on developers they set aside the money that's how we're going to get to affordable housing because they're the government's going to build it essentially yeah all the government can do is transfer wealth right and so if they were to limit the rents that we can have you just spark on less development if you uh, tax developers, you just make some properties more expensive so that other properties can be less expensive. Uh, unfortunately, none of those things fundamentally work. The only way you can solve it is by driving down the actual cost of construction. It's really about providing uh, improved productivity and innovation within our space that has been stagnant for 60 years. I, I cannot wait. See, it's good to listen to that. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. So you so you know hearing it exactly from um, from Mike there. Uh, I, why would he lie? What's his what's his incentive to lie <laughs> about that? So uh, once again, the supply is where it's going to be at. So hopefully, and they do uh, some single family stuff too. So maybe they can solve that problem for Al, and he will be a happy little yeah. camper. That'd be great. Right. Well, let's bring down everyone for ARE Jeopardy. Ready? Question number one and two are according to the Architectural Graphic Standards 10th edition. All right. Question number one. Which of the following materials is the most dense? Is it A, steel, B, iron, C, aluminum, or D, lead? Mm, this should be easy. Okay. Remember what you think, Lance. All right, D, 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 wrong, steel. What? Yep, so uh, they got cast iron at 450 LBs a cubic foot, 450 pounds. Wrought iron is 490. Steel, which is iron plus carbon, at 490. Okay? Yep. I didn't know between those two. All right, question two. Which of the following have the highest melting temperature out of what I'm going to list? Is it A, copper, B, iron, C, aluminum, or D, lead? Highest melting one. Hmm. Okay, I got my guess. D, which is uh, lead. 
you say iron, which is aluminum. I say C. Aluminum. No. If you knew anything about aerospace, you would know. You wow. Would never. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is iron. Iron. Got to get iron. it hot. Got it. At 2,795 degrees. Good to iron. know. Okay. Great. We're kind of piggybacking on Al here. Which of the following building materials has the highest embodied energy? Oh. Is it A, concrete, B, steel, C, timber, D, brick? A, concrete, B, steel, C, timber, D, brick. She's a brick house. Uh, the correct answer is A, concrete. What do you have, B? Okay. Uh, number four, in which type of construction is it most important to consider differential tr settlement? Is it A, slab on grade, B, steel frame, C, timber frame, D, masonry bearing walls? Correct answer is D, masonry bearing wow. walls. Good job, everybody. One, three. Jason, where are we eating? Dickies. 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 All right. Dickies. All right. If you're watching this episode on YouTube, please make sure you smash that like button, subscribe, leave us a positive comment. If you're listening on iTunes, please leave us a five-star review, and we will see you next week.